Look, uh, the decider at Suncorp. Um, I think we're in a wonderful position, thanks to the great Jonathan Thurston's efforts and all the other players, of course, in game two to bounce back. Not having Jonathan and Darius there uh, is obviously not ideal. <laughs> G'day everybody, welcome to Not The Footy Show, episode 173. It's myself, Warwick Nicholson, and the cocksmith, Mr. Rob Cox. Hey mate, I'm here with you. I'm back at home in Camden after uh, being in Perth on the weekend. Lovely, sunny Perth. Everyone talks about Perth being beautiful and sunny and hot and, you know, just this uh, wonderful place. Well, let me tell you, it bucketed down non-stop while I was there, and it was freezing. So uh, I'm glad to be back in Sydney, even though it hasn't been all that warm. Has it has it been a lovely weather for you more than twice since you started going over there? Oh, mate, I, I remember last year when I went over for the Australia-New Zealand um, test, it was beautiful. Yeah, was I was there for about four days, and it was wonderful. Um, uh, but, yeah, it just seems to rain over there a lot. And it's really funny. Was I can't pick it. I, it can be cloudy. And it'll just start raining from nowhere. Whereas Sydney, I can feel when it's going to rain. I'm not saying that I'm a, a human barometer or anything, but <laughs> I can kind of feel like you get this feeling. You're like, yeah, I better put the wet weather gear on, even though it's really cloudy. I, you know, I've got this feeling and, and nine times out of 10, it rains. Over there, it can be cloudy with a bit of blue broken sky. Five minutes later, it is pelting on you. It's the hardest city in the world that I've ever been to to feel it out, whether it's going to rain or not. But anyway, I shot uh, a game over there this weekend and I also shot a Friday night game this week. So uh, didn't do too much and uh, had the day off today with the kids. School holidays, I'm um, very happy for that. Good to hear. We'll all have uh, more from the human bomb uh, after the break here on The Footy Show. Not The Footy Show. Yeah, the probably two um, most in doubt are uh, Skipper Boydie Corder and... Um, uh, Tyson Frizzell, um, both of our back rowers, so uh, we'll give them a little bit later in the week to see how they're travelling. But um, yeah, hopefully um, you know, they'll be okay. But we'll have to make a call on that, um, see how they are, and and uh, see where we go. Okay, let's get stuck in, Cocksmith. It is the lead up to Origin number three, decider. Blah 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 blah. I got a question for you, Cocksmith. And I know we spoke about it, the game heading into game two, etc. But personally, I was a bit underwhelmed with the hype or the lack thereof for game number two. Um, it might have been just me, but I've already got a feeling like I'm just not I'm not up for it. I'm not up for the decider. I don't know what it is. I just don't feel compelled that in, you know, 11 days' time we will, or 10 days' time we'll have um, Origin decided. Is it just me feeling a little bit there? Oh, yeah, maybe, mate. I, I, I'm up for it. Um... You know, I, I was mate. I was convinced that New South Wales were going to win that um, the second game. I, I was, um, I just felt numb after it. The way that the 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 game went down, as we spoke about last time. Um, so I'm I'm up for it. Um, you you might be right. I don't know. Maybe we're just getting old. Was it? I don't. Well, I'm not sure. Oh, that's there's no doubt about that. Um, <laughs> that's, it's going to happen, isn't it? So you've either got <laughs> you've either got one of two choices. You either get old or you don't. And if you don't, that's probably not the good thing. You know. Um, well, the reason that I feel like we're old is that, um, you know, with all due respect, etc. but mm. New South Wales goes out and um, 
they, they achieved a record they hadn't achieved in 20-something years, which was to pick the same 17 for three straight games. Mm. And that was in 1996. Now, I'll, I'll out myself here. I was 16 at the time, mm-hmm. um, back in 96. It's actually been longer um, between then and now than that first 996 and the start of Origin. That's that's the scary thing for me in regards yeah. to how quick has gone by. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about both teams, obviously, uh, going into game three. We'll start with Queensland. Um, Cameron Munster and Ben Hunt are in. Jonathan Thurston and Darius Boyd are out. To me, Cocksmith, it doesn't matter who's in. The factor here is that Boyd and Thurston are gone. Mm. Yeah, I, I, they're definitely two very big losses. They, they play such a big role and have hands on the ball a lot. Obviously, uh, JT um, being being a, a very big linchpin. I say if JT plays and Darius doesn't, they can still win. It's going to be real tough for them. The the biggest question out of all of this has been what's been played out in the media today, though, and and slightly yesterday is DCE Daily Cherry Evans, not in the team, not considered to be in the best three halves in uh, eligible for Queensland, three or four halves, I should say. Um, very very interesting to me, mate, and I I tend to agree with. Uh, Joe, Andrew Johns, I tend to agree that something's doing. DCE has done something to somebody to to pee him off because yep. uh, you would suspect that a player with his credentials should, and, and, and in his form at the moment, he is in very good form, um, you would suspect that he should be in that Queensland team somewhere, 6, 7 or 14, um, and he's not. Uh, what What's your take on it? He's been... <laughs> There's a quote today, like I'm not going to uh, scrounge it up, people, but essentially what Kevin Moulders came out and said was that um, they are not considering him as a utility. Uh, they think he is an out-and-out out seven now, uh, so thus can't fit that 14 role for Queensland. Uh, the plan is to play Cameron Munster at six and Michael Morgan at centre or a split, but I think it'll be Munster at six because that gives Queensland the Melbourne Storm spine heading into game three. Uh, and when you consider preparations, all the rest of it, it makes sense. Uh, so that's they think that uh, DCE can no longer play that utility role or hasn't played that utility role in enough time. And so they pretty much, you know, put him to the side and said, you're a halfback. And then he comes out and talks about Ben Hunt coming in and says that Ben Hunt is a big game player. He's been in grand finals. He's played <laughs> some big matches. Now, you know, you can laugh at that part. But the funny thing about that is I was talking to my flatmate today. And I said, well, DCE's played in two grand finals. Mm. He's won one of them. He won the Clive Churchill medal and the other one they lost. I'd classified both of those as big matches. He's... Yeah. I, I just thought it was it was a real pigeonholing because they, they basically, I think they picked Ben Hunt for the simple reason. That they think that he can cover for Cameron Smith uh, if Smith gets hurt with that sternum injury and they don't think that DC can play hooker. Well... I think it's a bit of a long bow, but... The last time I, I watched Ben watching. Hunt, the last time I watched Ben Hunt play in a big game, he, he dropped the grand final, the trophy. Um, oh, did he? Oh, sorry, I mustn't have been watching that. Yeah, okay. yeah, I, maybe that slips your mind. Um, mate, I, look, with all due respect, um, and probably what I just said isn't respectful, but let's be honest, the last time Ben Hunt played in a big game, he failed, okay? Um, DCE, I think, has a little bit more class than, than Ben Hunt, and, and if memory serves me correct, hasn't he played off the bench for Australia, DCE? Didn't he play in, yeah. in a 14 for Australia? Um, 
I, I don't know, mate. I, I know that Phil Gould said on his podcast last week that um, Cameron Munster wouldn't even be considered if he was choosing the Queensland team. And I don't think he said that with a real, with it, with you know, tongue in cheek. I don't think he said it as a, as a pure New South Welshman. I think he was being honest, and I agree. Um, Cameron Munster is a good club player at the moment, but when you're playing for when you're playing an Origin decider, I know they've kind of got the advantage playing up there in Queensland, but I, I really think you've got to pick your best team. I think you've got to pick your, your, you know, DCE can play six, seven or nine. Let's be honest. At the, at a pinch, he could play lock or, or he a back lock, rower. Exactly. He could probably play center if they really I needed agree. him to. Um, yep. He could probably play fullback if they needed him to. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, I think, mate, something's brewing there. Something's happened. Something has, he's, he's annoyed someone or someone just doesn't play and like him. Something has happened to to put DCE out of out of sorts with the rest of the team, uh, I I can't believe for the life of me that they wouldn't pick him otherwise. Yeah, I think the other telling uh, expert in the media in this last week has been Corey Parker. He was on Sturlow and uh, he he didn't hold back about the fact that he didn't believe that. And I'm paraphrasing here, but it's essentially what he said. He goes, you know, I, I they, like Hooper and Sturlow were saying, we well, got to pick DCE, don't you? You got to pick him. Got to pick him. And he said, well. You know, it, it, it's not about whether he's good enough, he said. It's about whether the coaching staff think he's the answer going forward. Now, to me, that answer just screams, I don't want him in the team. Because he's not saying he is the best player, you know, will he find a spot for him? He may or may not. He's actually trying to almost build a case where Walters can sort of say, well, you don't fit into the team into the future. Ben Hunt doesn't fit into this team of the future at this stage. No. I mean, they, they can argue that, um, next year you're going to have no Kronk and no Thurston. Let's talk about next year. Next year, this game, this game's a decider. It doesn't matter about 2018 or whatever it is. Hunt might be there with Milford next year. I don't know. Whatever but the point is, yeah, you pick your best. You pick your best player for a game like this. You just do. What whatever happened to Kevin Walters? Uh, you're only allowed to pick one fullback. Mon- oh, Munster, mate, Munster's a fullback, isn't he? Isn't Munster you a fullback? Munster as a, no, he's a five-eight center winger. Uh, lock forward um, utility player. But so is Michael Morgan. He's got 85 utilities now. It's all out. Uh, anyway, good, look, good luck to Queensland. They've still got a pretty good side. Oh, for sure. But as a New South Bushman, I'm sitting here going, there's no Thurston, there's no Boyd. There is a lot of class have just exited out of that team. And, and what were you sign. saying? Smith's got a sternum problem? He does. Uh, so the theory is, I, I guess... Expect that, some traffic. Yeah, oh, I think that's been the biggest reason we have seen quite frankly, not the best of Cameron Smith in this series. Uh, and I don't want to see that in Game 3 Ex- as a New South yeah. Wales fan. Expect even more traffic. He hasn't been the factor he has been, particularly last year and the, and the couple of years before, and the 85 years they won in a row. Mm-hmm. Anyway, let's talk about New South Wales quickly. Yep. Uh, no changes. As I pointed out, uh, New South Wales get to trot out. They trotted it out, they trotted it out in the media and on their um, social media accounts today about 85 times. I'll quote them from Twitter earlier. We made history by naming the same 17 again in capitals for Origin 3. Like, who gives two hoots whether you've done that or not? Mm. As long as that's your best 17, I'm good for it. But it doesn't make a difference whether it's the first time in three years or 20 years. Mm. It's just a statistic. That's not going to help you win the game. No. Um, the fact that... It's uh, chess beating, mate. Was a, it's chess beating. And it's like, look, we can do what Queensland have done for the last 10 years. Look what we can do. It's chess. Beating. Like 15 changes Any chance we could yeah. have DCE? Could we take DCE? 
I think he'd come down. I mean, if, if he played for the, yeah, he plays, he's been playing for Manly for a few years. Let's get him on residential, yes. residential grounds. Yes. Um, anyway, uh, I wanted to talk about this part of it. Yep. Uh, Ferguson remains in the team. Now, yep. we've talked about Gerald Blake for a while. You've now. got a vendetta. You've got a problem. Just mate, no, he can't tackle. He can't. He cannot read anything on the wing. He cannot defend on the wing. Mm. It happened again, not only in Origin, but it happened again for the Roosters mm. against the um, uh, what do you call it? The Who's he? What's it's the storm, mm. and then he did it happen again against the sharks. He has no idea what he's doing on the right edge. Mm. Anyway, then I found out after reading the paper today, and you'll—I reckon you'll reckon I'm not telling the truth here. Yeah. But good old Danny Dart Thrower Wildler comes out with the fact that Blake Ferguson was the player's player for New South Wales in Origin two. I did read that, you know. I did read that somewhere um, before uh, Danny. Uh, Tossed it up. I, I don't know how he be, he he was players player in that game. Um, I had about three he or four others. He was the worst player in that game, but he was nowhere yeah. near the best player. I mean, the players pick it, so they got more than we do. I know you got to sit back, but mm. wow! I mean that that was that hit me. But anyway, so he was always going to be in the team apparently. Right. But that now means that okay. uh, Tommy Trebojevic is not there, Cocksmith, mm. um, at this stage. Yep. Uh, he doesn't get a run. They decided to persist with Brett Morris on the wing. Yep. And it was laughable, absolutely laughable, that Jared Hayne was in any danger for that team. That's just that's just media who were getting bored that a little hobby hadn't been in the paper for a while, so they jumped on him again. Yeah. Um, there are three injuries, though, that we have to talk about. Josh yep. Dugan with a cork to the knee. Tyson Frizzell with about 85 busted ribs. And uh, Boyd Cordner has a calf complaint and still hasn't run properly, I, I believe. And yep. I think we identified that after game two. Mm-hmm. If Cordner doesn't play, I think what happens is Wade Graham starts on that left edge. Yeah, and Jack DeBellum will and come in. Join 17. Yep. Now, if Tyson Frizzell misses, who do you think they bring in for him? Well, it depends if Cordner is, is in or not. If, if, if Cordner is out, um, as well as Tyson Frizzell... Um, that that's a that's a little bit of a problem. I say they'll probably go with Trent Merrin. Um, yeah, well, that's what I thought as well. But but if 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 uh, um, obviously if Frizzell is out and Cordner is in, they do what you said they were going to do with yeah. with so, um, with yeah, Cordner comes in and yeah. DeBellin, yeah, seventeen, hundred percent. I'm fine with now. If Josh Dugan is out, who do you think or what do you think happens? Well, that that is a little more interesting, isn't it? Um, and I haven't I haven't thought about this. This is like a, a question without notice um sorry we're not going to talk about the origin three teams at all in this episode no that's okay that's okay um mate tell me what you'd do first while i think about it (laughs) all right i'll dig you out of the hole go on uh they've got two options here they bring tom trevojevic onto the wing and they move blake ferguson into the centers and play him at right center which i'm fine with i think if you're gonna have to have ferguson the team you get him off the wing uh and tommy comes onto the the right wing alternatively they bring michael jennings in after he was in the team for a long period there on the daily. Uh, they bring him into the team and they leave Ferguson on the wing. I think that's the only two options I can possibly see happening. Uh, you saw, um, you would have seen highlights of uh, Josh Mansour on the weekend. He just didn't look right. Uh, you believe that he hasn't been right since he came back. I don't think uh, he has, no. I think, that, I think he's yeah, still that, under a cloud. That performance just, I think, I'd, I'd, I'd happily have him there, but I just think the way that he looked on the weekend against South, he just looked like he was really battling, and I don't think you can take that into origin. So I think the option is literally Trevojevic in, which I think I'd love to see Daly do if there is a change required. Uh, the alternative, I think, is Michael Jennings from that sort of safe, been there before, knows the structures, etc. Mm. I think he comes in. I don't think you'll see Josh Morris, which is the other thing. It's a possibility. I think, you, 
Yeah, I think you're right, mate. I think that the the, the smart answer would be Trebojevic in and, and Ferguson to the centre. Um, you know, there are other options, let's be honest. I mean, um, there's Jared Croker. Um, he's an option. I know that he normally And look, plays you can bring Jack Bird off the bench. So I get that. Yep. I, I mean, that's, that's the option you, you yep. have. I just don't, I just don't think, I mean, it's, I mean, as, as I talk about it, I think that's probably what he'll do. If you bring Jack uh, Bird in, if you bring Jack Bird in, who, go, who does Moylan go to the, the, the bench? Well, yeah. I mean, I think I've just talked myself out of, uh, Tommy T-Bone, um, mm. Because I think that's what actually you'll think. I think you'll see Jack Bird go to right center, okay, and um, and Moylan and, and stay on the wing and Moylan onto the bench. That's probably makes more sense. So there you go, everybody. The pure analysis. We gave an absolutely yeah. ironclad reason why he picked Tommy, yeah, and then realised that the answer was already on the bench. I think that uh, adds a bit more attack. I think purely by bringing Moylan in, and, and I don't know how he played yesterday. I, I didn't watch that game. I wasn't interested. Look, he was good. He was good for the first twenty, and then basically South. And we'll talk about this in the in the yep. Um, one bit, but South flicked the, South flicked the switch and yeah. game was like, okay. um, which I hadn't seen them do for a long time. Mm. Okay, I think that's, you're right. I think Bird comes in uh, and they have to decide if they play Milan, which I'm happy with. I'd still reckon you've got to find a room for Tommy Trebojevic. I, look, if I had to make a decision between the two, I would go with Trebojevic on the wing and Ferguson um, in the centres. I could always pull Ferguson off and put Jack Bird in the centres. There you go. You've Six. been wanting to pull Ferguson off for years. Excuse me. <laughs> After that, we will move out of uh, origin mode. Uh, we'll give you our tip for game number three at the end of the podcast. But after the break, we'll talk some round 17. Uh, not the footy show. Not the footy show. The rugby league tomorrow will return to Adelaide Oval. Two years at the Adelaide Rams. Glorious years, 97, 98. Had a game at Adelaide Oval. Against the Rams. That's a hell of a story, Brady. Passy on halfway. <laughs> and now King with it. Okay, we're back on the footy show episode 173. We've just covered off Origin 3 teams' reactions. I haven't come up with a name for the podcast yet. Hopefully, that will happen. I think Coxsmith's already said um, it's time to pull Ferguson off. Is that the uh, <laughs> name of the podcast, mate? Just call it Pull Him Off. That's what I reckon. <clears throat> Something like Hashtag that. Uh, look, it's a family show. Uh let's talk about round 17 and, and I guess more so just some of the key points. And yeah. uh, I'm going to kick off with a review that is on iTunes uh, mm-hmm. because I believe that if we get people to actually give us reviews, they are geniuses. Yep. This is, uh, we have one from, uh, that came in literally in the last uh, day or so. Mm. It's a five star review. It says great show. Thank mm-hmm. you very much. Yep. It says, uh, looking forward to Cocksmith's review of my performance on Thursday night. Regards, Mitchell Moses. Mm. Yep. Mm. You want, you uh, want I'm my... not making this up. Oh, yeah. Jump onto the iTunes and see it right here. This is a legitimate review. Yeah. I'm not making it up. Do you want me to, to answer that now? Go, go for it. All, all I'll do is I'll set you up with this. I'll set yeah. your people up with this. I was at the game. I made it there just after well, just before halftime, um, the most miracle run of all time from Ride. Mm. And I pulled up on the sideline. I saw Cocksmith down there taking photos. Flying you know, his trade. Yeah. Looking up a storm. Yep. And uh, I saw that Mitchell Moses had pretty much done nothing the entire game. And we get to extra time. And I decided to message Cocksmith, which I'm sure he totally enjoys. He's just trying to do his job. And I just said, yeah, yeah, he's time. He's, it's time for some Moses magic. And you can take it away from there, Cocksmith. Well, I did answer. I think I might have answered with anyone but him or something to that, <laughs> that effect. Look, I don't think Mitchell had a bad game the other night. He didn't do too much wrong. His defense is that he's, they've obviously been working him 
hard in defence during the week at Parramatta. Um, he didn't get bumped off like a you know like a, a speed hump kind of thing um, this week. He did defend a little bit at, at um, right side on the right side there um, next to the winger, so in a, in a classical outside centre position. Um, so he wasn't getting a whole lot of traffic either. He hasn't. He's not getting those big guys in the middle run at him, mate. I'll tell you one thing that I've noticed about Mitchell Moses. The two the two things that I think he are his strongest points. He's got a, a very good kicking game, ninety percent of the time. His kicking game is good, um, and and the other thing he's got, and and some players don't have this. He's got very good vision. Um, Mitchell Moses can see when a gap isn't there, but it's going to be there. Um, yep. He he does have very good vision. I, I, you know, you know me. I've been his probably his harshest critic or one of his harshest critics ever, but. I've got to take my hat off to him. He does know when something's going to happen. He can sniff it out. The, the worst thing about him is his defence. He's he's still very very average in defence. And I think if if a if a team and it's very hard to do when he when they're playing in that outside centre position. When if a team can aim enough traffic at him, he, he will fail in defence. And that's got to do with his physical size as well. Mitchell isn't very big. He'd be five foot eleven, and maybe. 82 kilos, 80, 82 kilos. He's not very big. Have a look at the arms on him. Obviously, the way you tell if a player's very thick or not um, in their body is look at their biceps, look at their quads. Uh, He's got neither. Um, He's he's a very lightweight kind of player. He needs to get onto some big weights program and and a massive food intake during this off-season coming. Um, But but look, he he did play better. And it was almost like... To, to me, when when he kicked, because he obviously kicked the winning field goal in in extra time, when they gave him the ball, it was almost like the the Parramatta players, it was almost like the, the 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 obvious ones other than Mitchell who could have kicked it all stood aside and let him kick that, um, and were very happy for him, and he probably needed that confidence boost. Um, yeah, he kicked it very nicely. Um, it's it, it's you know he's I've never ever accused Mitchell Moses of going missing under pressure. He's one of those players. Even if he's playing like crap, he'll he'll he wants the ball. He he wants to do something with it. I I suspect in the future if they can work on his size and his defence, he'll become a very very good player. Um, I just I just think early on, maybe more so than now, but early on he wasn't ready for for NRL football three years ago or two years ago, whenever it was when he came into to grade. I think we had many conversations made about him being underdone, not ready, too young, um, call it yep. nepotism, call it whatever you will. Uh, he was given a chance. Um, I still think, though, that because he came in so young, there are still parts of his game that were never developed properly that need to be developed. In saying that, um, hats off to him. Under pressure, at NRL level, kicked a field goal in extra time. The pressure's on, baby, when that happens, and he got through it. Um other than that, Parramatta did all they can to lose that game, all they could to lose that game, um, and and we discussed that. What are your thoughts on the game, mate? Oh, look, it's it's. I was surprised there was as good a crowd as there was there. It's something we will touch on in the last segment of the show, but I wasn't un uh, what's the word unentertained by being there. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's 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 middle of the season game. Uh, one team probably needed to keep winning to realistic in terms of top eight I think they weren't realistic beforehand anyway which is the Bulldogs but they just don't play look they 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 were gifted the second half in regards to how they played um how the, the Eels played towards them they just tried to grind away in that second half after looking pretty good in the first half of the Eels yeah and the Bulldogs just want you to do that because the Bulldogs will go well you know if you get into the grind with us 
and you don't try and put us away, well, yep. you know, if the possession if the possession turns and we get some field position, which is exactly what happened in the second half, yep. I mean, the Eels were down the Bulldogs' end maybe three times the entire second half, uh, we can give ourselves a chance to win. And I, I going the extra time, you thought they'd probably pull it off the doggies, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, but Moses pulls one out, and, and good on him. Um, you know, it's a good win. Uh, he's been he's won four of the six games he's been at Parramatta, so you can't argue too much with that, Cocksmith. Mm. Uh and you were right there to take, obviously, great photos of the uh, winning uh, moment. He kind of turned on me. He um, he knew I was there, mate. Well, he turned, oh, his turned back. on him. So I think that's the, uh, <laughs> well, I've turned know, to the other side. I've given him a wrap time. this week. So, you know. Um, so anyway, so to reply to uh, uh, the great man, mm. uh, it was actually Greg Porteous who uh, put that uh, Thanks, Greg. Uh, tweet up from uh, Mitchell Moses. Uh, it's his second review. Yeah. He, he evidently won the prize, which... Uh, well, I'll tell you what. That, yeah, look, it doesn't matter. It's, it's, like, a, it's like a raffle. You know what I mean? Except you only get one shot at it and you can't just, you can keep sending in all the reviews you like, but um, you, you, you know, it doesn't make you any more likely to get it than a person who only puts in one review, but keep sending them in, Greg. Um, love hearing I from do, you, buddy. I do enjoy the fact that he used the, <laughs> the nickname that seems to just be cottoning on everywhere, which is his Coxman. Yeah. Uh, I'm well, very he, proud of myself. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, good on him. He actually did text me the other day and said he was taking his, uh, his pooch for a walk and said, um, what? No podcast? How am I meant to take my dog for a walk? So I, I think um, I think uh, to, to let him get his exercise and his dog exercise, we do need to keep doing one every week. So we'll keep that up. Yeah, we'll do our best. We'll do our best, people. Life does get busy. Uh, it's got busier for some of us in the last little while. So um, we'll do our best for you. Uh, just to the other games, look, it's remiss of us not to talk about uh, – my old team, the uh, Canberra Raiders, and mm. the massive oh, your old team. Have you the, dropped? Have you dropped off them? Uh, never, mate. Never. I'm just oh. saying. I've been with them for a while. Okay. Uh, we have a question, team? and uh, it's all lead into it. Uh, it's from Troy uh, on Twitter. It's Troy underscore seventy nine. He asks, "What has happened at the Raiders this season? Mm. How can everything go so pe- so pear shaped?" Yeah. Uh, Aiden Caesar has no game management. Time to move him on. Oh. A big call. Then he's followed up uh, Frederick McDonald, who actually replied and said, oh, the forwards are a bit thin. But then Troy has um, asked me not to even um, answer his question by going with the hashtag bring back Macrone. So, Troy, it's been nice knowing you. I'm going to block you on every single platform I know. Uh, the solution is never the answer. That's the whole point of the nickname. Uh, look, Canberra, I'm just going to quickly go on a bit of a diatribe here. Uh, he's right about Caesar. Um that was that was inept. It's the best way I can put it. His performance on the night, I can I can cop you not being able to make tackles or not wanting to make tackles sometimes. But there were some moments in attack, a couple of forward passes, a couple of times where the halfback has to know he's getting the ball and he just wasn't in position. But just the all round, like there was a moment, and it's it's the first first moment of the game. Um, there's a try scored. I don't think he scored it for the Cowboys. It was really early on. Um, and he, it could have been Morgan actually, um, but he, he's just standing there going, who else has got to make that tackle? And if you look at the replay, the only person within QE of making the tackle is Aiden Caesar. Right. He's the only one that can make that tackle. And he looks around to say there's people like, um, how about you go, it was Tamari Martin scored the try. And it's just okay. like, dude, yeah. that's like, just because you're, so he, what would happen was they'd come up in the defensive line, a few players had got around the player who offloaded the ball, and, and Caesar had sort of hovered. You know, sometimes players hover yeah. um, almost. Just to the, see if there's an offload or something, yeah. See an offload. So he's hovering, 
And the pass goes to Martin, who's right next to him. Yeah. And Caesar kind of looks at him and goes, oh, someone else will get him. And they're five minutes from their own life. Mm. Just to me, that's, that's that, it's that desperation factor, which I think is missing from Canberra at the moment. And Stewart's been, quite rightly, I think, praising his team for their effort in, in the last few weeks, uh, except for um, Saturday night when he gave them both barrels. Mm. Um, but it's just those things where I think, and I've touched on this earlier in the season, Troy, and this is this is basically my theory. And, and Canberra have tried to make some moves in midway through the week, adding two um, pretty New South Wales Cuppy players in Liam Knight and Michael Oldfield. But there isn't the competition for spots that there was in the last year or two. There just isn't. I mean, yeah. BJ Lalua, who I thought actually tried his guts out on Saturday night, um, admittedly pulled off some absolutely stupid plays, but the guy put in and he, and he created some stuff for Canberra. Um, he's under no pressure to lose his spot. Uh, and look, look, after last year, you can argue he, he wouldn't be, but I mean, poor old Jordan Rapana's getting no ball unless he goes looking for it. You've got this young Nick Kotrick fella who's playing out of his skin who isn't getting any attacking football, but he still scored 10 tries, I think, for the year and is looking for, like he just looks like he's a, he's a player. Um, Croker, I think, has been, you know, borderline this year in terms of the level I think he usually plays at. Uh, but the problem has been, and I'll, I'll be honest here, I, I still, I'm not a huge rap on Canberra's halves in terms of their ability to take games by the scruff of the neck. Uh, I think they are good players in the back of a team dominating the middle and, and Hodgson doing what he did. Hodgson wasn't there on Saturday night. And that was pretty clear that Canberra's ability to, I guess, play a tempo that was impressive wasn't there. And that's the point that I, I'll, I'll finish up in a second, people. The point I wanted to make out of the last three weeks before this game, Canberra were in winning positions in all three of those matches. And they played some really good football. They just weren't good enough to finish it off and they, they, they gave opposition a chance and, and you get beaten. Hmm. The game on the Saturday night, they were in that match from the scoreboard point of view, but they never thought they were going to win the match. And that was the thing that I think Canberra fans and Stewart himself were just sort of lost. It was like, well, what, what more do you need to play for? Because that game was so big for Canberra in the context of this season. And, and you know, I'm a huge believer of Cox Smith in one good month gets you back into the um, mm. competition. Yeah. Could still happen. That could still happen for Canberra. They've now got to win, I think, seven of eight to make it. Yeah. Or guarantee that you make it. But this, they had a four game homestand against some teams primarily who were in that rung just above them. Because yeah. Canberra, Cox Smith, if they'd beaten the Cowboys, all right, on the weekend, which I don't think was, you know, Without uh, possibility, hmm. they would have got within. Uh, they would have got within four points of the Cowboys. Yep. Now they are points behind the Cowboys. Now the reason that's significant is that when the Cowboys are one of three teams that I think are on that bubble for the top eight, which is the six, seven, and eight team, which is Cowboys, Dragons, and Eels, yep. you've got to win that game because now they can't catch the Cowboys. Yeah, they're four games clear of them. They both had. Uh, one by so that they cancel each other out. They won't catch them. They've got to play the Dragons next week. Yeah. They take uh, after the bye. They take on the Dragons, which is a team currently six points clear of them. If they lose that game against the Dragons, well, you can kiss that other spot goodbye. Oh, mate, if they if they lose if they lose that game against the Dragons, it's it's not it's lights out. It almost is. Let's be honest. It's it's. A... I agree, and that, that's what I'm saying. But then they've got the Eels, which is the other team. I think they play them again at least once this year. Yeah. But that's the importance of those games. So when I go back to what I was saying before about how Stuart was saying or what, what more do they have to be playing for? These games were gigantic in the context of the season. Oh, yeah. It doesn't matter if by the end of the year you beat Melbourne and Manly and all these other teams. It doesn't matter. If you, you've got to beat those teams that are within the spitting distance, and they're the teams that you've got to knock out of the eight to get in. Look, and it, yeah, the, most frus- the, frustrating, the frustrating thing, mate, is that, it, look, like they've, they've, de- they've got talent, okay? I'll, I'll tell you that 
I think the biggest thing this year for Canberra, I don't think Josh Hodgson is half the player he was last year. And I think that that, that spark out of dummy half is is what is is a is another reason why the halves are looking a little bit um, not as uh, you know potent as they were last year. Um, I think they look a better team when when Baptiste is playing at the moment. Um, I think uh, yeah, I, I think that's where their problems are starting uh, from. The speed. I'll be honest, I disagree with you entirely on that one. There's I. I... They, they looked fine the last three weeks, and they lost all those games. Yeah, um, by their own. I, I just don't. I just don't think they're looking. I just don't think they're looking as um, as potent as they were last year around that middle area during attack, and um, uh, I, I don't think. I, I think Hodgson is, is a lot of the reason, um, and and maybe that's just because you know it's his third year in. They've figured him out. They know what he's going to do. Um, he's not a multi-dimensional player, so you know they've, they've figured that out, but. Um, they need to reinvent something there. Look, I, I, I can't be I can't be too harsh on um, uh, Blake Austin as much yep. as I can be on on um, on Aiden um, Caesar. I think I think Austin nearly always looks dangerous. He's always probing. He's always looking to do something. His kicking game is good. Um, I uh, look. I, I, I definitely don't have a problem with him. Um, the the, prob- the the problems. There's many problems. Um, and, and one of them is is some of some of the times in defence, Joey Leilua goes missing, um, and in attack he's always got a mistake in him, and sometimes in defence he does too. Um, their their problem is that they've they've kind of I think they've almost stopped believing in themselves as far as winning tight games. Hundred oh, um, percent. Yeah. So I think a lot of it the problems are between their ears more so than than their physical efforts on the team uh, on the on the field. So um, look, I Canberra for mine won't make the eight and, and the reason they won't is because like you say they've got to win seven of eight which means at some stage they've got to string at least four wins together before a loss and yep. I don't think they've been able to do that yet this year um, and so that means they're not going to be able to do it mate um, something massive needs to change and the problem is with psychological problems and not believing in yourself you can't turn that around overnight um, That that's not going to happen I don't I, I think they're gone I really do think they're gone Look, I- you know, I respect your opinion, so I'm, mm-hmm. I'm going to respectively disagree with your comments about Hodgson in particular. But what I will say this to wrap up this Canberra part, you pay your halves to win you football games, as far as I'm concerned. And when Hodgson pulled out of that game on the weekend, the onus was not on Kirk Baptiste, wasn't on really anybody else. It, it, against the Cowboys team without JT and Matty Scott, and, and I'll give credit to the Cowboys, they played really well. But that's a game that your your halves have to win for you, as far as I'm concerned, and um, that didn't happen. Quickly about other games, uh, the the big story out of the weekend, as far as I'm concerned, it's not Cronulla smashing the Roosters as impressive that was. Mm. Uh, it's not Manly coming back from 16 points to nil down mm-hmm. against the Warriors. Mm. Uh, it's not even um, the Titans beating the Dragons on Friday night. Mm-hmm. It's not the Tigers beating the Knights in the Battle of the Spoon. I don't think I've forgotten anybody else in this. Uh, and then I think the Storm, who did they play again? Brisbane. They smashed Brisbane by 40 points, yep. as you probably thought. I, th- I, think, I think that was a pretty the big good story. The, the big story was South Sydney's attacking football on mm. Sunday. Mm. Yeah. I haven't, even when they won the comp, was it three or four years ago, I have never seen the Bunnies have an attitude to attack from anywhere like they did on the weekend. Mm. It was magnificent. And I do not use that word lightly. It was spectacular to watch. They were attacking off kickoffs. They were attacking from their own 20. They were attacking everywhere. Johnson gets five tries. The Bunnies look a million bucks. 
what I just hope we see. And look, the Panthers are coming off. I know they lost against the Cowboys, but they've come off a really good stretch of form, and they looked really good in the first twenty. They got blown away by Souths, but I, I'm desperate to see, and I'm hoping, I'm just so hoping it's the case that Michael Maguire doesn't sit in the TV room this week before they play the Roosters and says, "That's great, boys, but let's go back to the grind," because he loves the grind, old Michael Maguire. Mm. I just really hope we see this Bunnies team for the rest of the year. They have to win pretty much like Canberra do the rest of their games. And that was a performance that I was just shocked by because I didn't... It wasn't I didn't think they had some players that could play like that. I just didn't think their their game style allowed them to play such attacking football. And it was just... It was the most refreshing performance by a team I've seen this year. Yeah, look, I, like I mentioned before, I didn't watch the game. I did notice that at one stage it was 10 nil to um, the Panthers in the opening opening um, stanza. Um, but, uh, yeah, look, they, like you say, Souths do have to have to win games. And obviously the attacking style of football is obviously the way they like to play, given what's just happened. Um, but here's the problem, and it's the same problem as Canberra. Like you say, they've got to win lots of games. The problem with having to do that is they... Yeah, ninety percent of the time, teams run out of gas at the end of the season because they've had to win all of these games. So, um, just making the eight um, is often a problem because you've you've had to play nearly every game like a grand final, and mentally you get drained, and and physically you get drained. So, uh, my red pen is through them as far as a title contender goes. Oh, I'm sure. not saying they're going to make the eight. I'm not saying they win the comp, etc. Mm. I'm just saying I'd love to see them back up that performance playing the same kind of football against the Roosters because I think they can beat the Roosters if the Roosters are out without their origin players mm. uh, on Friday night. I think that's the... I just want to see a coach see what he saw and say, well, go for it, boys. Because you could see the players were absolutely loving it. Yeah. Um, and that's one of the things that, you know, you, you observe. And this is not saying this is what they feel like inside the camp, etc. Mm. but it's what you observe. Mm-hmm. South, to me, haven't looked like they enjoyed their style of football for a number of years now. And yeah, right. they were they were having a ball. Who was, on, who was uh, a standout other than Johnston? I mean, how did how did um, Adam Reynolds play? Look, he was he was busy. Uh, I wouldn't say he was spectacular, but I mean, in the nature of when you play that sort of attacking second phase cutout ball, like just letting the ball sing, mm. I don't think one player stands out. I mean, John uh, Walker had a few try assists. Burgess was big after he got um, came back from the sin bin for slapping a guy in the head twice. Uh, <laughs> And three other blokes that should have been sent at the same time. Which bird was just, that? Uh, it was Sam. Okay. Um, but look, Farrow was di- dangerous. Our dummy half. He kept the. But they, as I said, the ball sung, and when the ball sings, generally, and I, I this is the example I use. Um, back in two thousand and eight, Canberra lost about half their team to injuries, and Neil Henry just threw open the door and said, "Just pass the ball, boys." And they were unbelievably dangerous at the back end of that season. Mm. Um, they ran out of steam come finals time, but. Look, it doesn't hurt. Some some of these guys, as I said, I think they've been dying to play some attacking footy, and it's finally happening. Uh, any other moments out of the weekend you wanted to talk about, sir? No, mate. No, other than um, I was actually a little surprised that that Manly got themselves back in that game after um, after being down in in Perth. But uh, uh, they have proven over the last few weeks that they are a, a team that's um, uh, willing and and able to uh, score points and to get back into games when they need to. So. Um, other than that, mate, I've got no other highlights for this um, for this round. Cool. All right. We'll talk about a very interesting development in the last uh, week or two on the last segment of the Footy Show next. Not the Footy Show. What's today? It's Thursday. Really? Feels like Tuesday. <laughs> Tuesday has no feel. 
Monday has a feel. Friday has a feel. Sunday has a feel. I feel Tuesday and Wednesday. All right, shut up to both of you. All right, we're back. It is the last segment. Well, the last segment before we get to the reviews, which everyone seems to love. Mm. And hey, Foxsmith, I might even bring out the Golden Beaver again. Uh, oh. the, yeah, I know how much you loved it. I did have a chat with uh, Mr. DC during the week and I yeah. um, asked him, mate, uh, yeah, how you be and all that sort of stuff. And he said, yeah, I'm enjoying it. But I said, he goes, because he obviously is itching to get back on the show, which he's always welcome to be on. Mm. Uh, I just need the phone call. But he said, mate, I'll, he said, I'll appreciate your statistics, even if Cocksmith doesn't. Mm. So that was that was lovely. Well, DC so, uh, can have your you... statistics, mate. <laughs> lovely. <laughs> All right. Um, uh, we did have some movement in the Golden Verge, though, as well. So anyway, let's talk about this 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 part of the show. Uh, look, we're not going to spend an inordinate amount of time on it, everybody. I realise the podcast is already probably close to the thirty-five minute mark. What I will say is that there was some stories emanating out of what happens at this time of year, which is the dead period of uh, NRL, especially when you get a decider. Everyone wants to talk about. Um, I decided, although at the top of the show, I basically said no one cares. Um, but no one seems to care about club football, particularly around Sydney and all the rest of it. There was a development, I think, at the end of last week or the start of last week, Cocksmith, where the Broncos came out and pretty much held a press conference to suggest that it was grossly unfair that they are not allowed to play Sunday afternoon games and that um, it's in order to satisfy their fan base and the rest of it, they have to have games on Sunday afternoons because they've just been told in the last six weeks of the season, pretty much every game was going to be on a Thursday or Friday night. Yeah, Your reaction was interesting. I won't repeat it on, um, on air now, but uh, mm-hmm. just give me a summation. Do you think, and I'll ask the question simply and you can extrapolate if you want, do you think Brisbane have been treated unfairly with the way that they have been treated in regards to TV allotments in the last, I don't know, 30 years. Yeah, I do. I think they've been treated unfairly. I think they've been advantaged unfairly, <laughs> to be honest. Yep. Uh, they've, they've definitely had a, a rails run because um, they're virtually a one-city a one team. Um, uh, sorry, a one-team city, whatever it's called. Uh, they, they, <laughs> I, I you I know what I mean. Um, they, they have, they, mate, they, I, I say stuff them. To put it nicely, about Sunday, I say give them some Thursdays. How many did they have turn up at the Melbourne game the other night? The other night, thirty-eight thousand. Not enough. No, they had enough. They got, that was actually a pretty good crowd. Is that not enough? Speaking, but is that not enough? Well, should they get fifty? Well, who cares? I mean, let's be honest. I mean, they're just whinging up there. They're whiners. They're, they're led by a whiner, and they're they're just whining. I mean, seriously. Uh, if they were, if they were a diff, you'd have the thing serviced, you know. It says whining, whining, whining. I mean, stop, stop whining, stop whining, Wayne. I mean, I'm over it. Stop, stop whining. I mean, it's, um, it's, it's, it's it, no, it's seriously just a moan, mate. It's typical it's, of a Queenslander. It's, it's typical. The, the the crux of this is the sponsorship argument. All yeah. right. Now, well, forty thousand about... isn't enough. You know, I mean, well, seriously. Well, you talk about you know the, the major sponsors getting you know on TV every week. Well, that's not just the only people. And and look, I, I don't know the intricacies of, of SunCorp etc. But all the signage that gets put at SunCorp, you're pretty much guaranteed you can be on a national audience every oh, time of the game. Every Friday night, so it's you, boring. Do you think? Do you think that SunCorp can't charge the to the wazoo in regards to that? There is so much advantage to to that whole city. In regards to the the way that they get treated on, on on nights, look, I don't disagree with what they're saying in regards to we want more Sunday games, but you can't have Sunday games and 
a dozen Friday games or Thursday games. No. It's, 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 that's not the way it should work. No, now, this leads shouldn't. to a, a bigger point um, that is going to be very interesting to see how it's addressed next year when the yeah, NRL have been uh, going on about this for about three years since the last TV deal was made, but they're going to get control of, of when games are played. It's going to be one of the most overhyped uh new control aspects of the rugby league you've ever seen. Nothing will change. Mm. Um, at best, at best, some teams might get one or two more games on a Thursday or a Friday, but we're going to see the same teams on Sunday afternoon. We're going to see the same team in Brisbane on Thursday and Friday nights. Nothing's going to change, kids. So don't get your hopes up is basically what I'm saying. But then this leads to the other part of this discussion. This emanated out of that, that Brisbane complaint and the telegraph ran with this beautifully um they decided that oh look it's, it's something we have to look into is the fact that no one's going to games in sydney uh, we should do a poll we should say which team should be, make like be moved to to save sydney football and all this kind of stuff and you would have seen it cocksmith but they decided the tigers were that team that had mm. to move yep this was just i mean you know how much of a cynic i am but it was just i thought it was really average journalism to be honest it was it's not even relevant to the conversation because, and I'll let you make the point, mate, but I don't think it's a matter of too many Sydney teams. I think it is the period of the year that we're sitting in right now that's the, the core of the issue. But you go for it, mate. You, you put your, your spin on this. Look, I, 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 um, I've, I've got a foot in each camp. I'll be honest with you. I'm sitting on the fence. I've got splinters in my ass. This is the thing. I, I actually think there are too many clubs in Sydney and – well, no. Let me rephrase that. I think that the, I think people in Sydney aren't appreciative enough of what they've got, and and I don't think that's going to change anytime soon. I, I I'd love to see a team not just because I come back from there, but and I, and I'm not going to say that the crowd was overwhelming this week because of the weather, really. But I'd love to see a team in Perth um, again. Yep. Um, I think that they are up for it. Um, I know they didn't show up on the weekend, but you've got to understand, mate, it was about 10 degrees and it was pouring with rain. They wouldn't have turned up anywhere. It wouldn't have mattered if it was Brisbane. Um, I would love to see another team in Brisbane because I think the Broncos have had the rails for too long. Um, I would. I know that we had the South Queensland crushes years ago, but for one reason or another, they disappeared. And let's not even contemplate that part of the reason wasn't because of lobbying from the Broncos. Um I think that Brisbane deserve another team. Um, I, um, I I I think that there there's probably two or three areas, uh, that being Perth and, and Brisbane, two of the areas. And I think that if you were to transfer a team out of Sydney, I, I don't think you can go much past the Central Coast. Um, they turn up in droves nearly every time they have. They they want a team up there. Um, I'm not saying I'm not even going to contemplate who the team should be that would get transplanted or if there should be but um, I, I I just think that especially the way that that, that um, games are played at ANZ Stadium um, nobody wants to go there no, mate, no, nobody wants to be in that crowd where they're a million miles away from the from the action and and uh, you know it's um, on a Friday a cold old Friday night in July or whatever um, it's it, there's no fun in it. Um, you'd rather watch probably watch the game at home. I mean, let's be honest. Uh, uh, you know, the tele the television is such a good it's such a great sport for television that it's hard to, to get crowds to turn up to games, especially when the crowd is in Sydney and especially when you've got to go to the geographical centre of Sydney, which is Homebush. Um, so it's miles away from nearly everyone. 
Um, so look, that that's my take on it. But I also understand that the the mid season, the middle of the season, around this Origin time, you know, there's a lot of hype around Origin. I, I think that uh, I know that the NRL has plans afoot to do standalone um, games and weekends. Uh, I mentioned to you earlier on today uh, via message that I think they should be probably uh, the the way that I don't know what the NRL has planned. You might, I don't, but I think that you could play. You could, teams would like the the regular club teams. The NRL teams would suffer for one week in with the way that I would do it, and that would be the first week of Origin, which the Origin would be played on a uh, a Thursday or Friday night. Um, along with all regular club rounds. The next week, Origin will be played on the night after that, which would probably be the Saturday night. That gives them an eight-day turnaround. Um, No club games on at all, only um, like a rep round kind of thing. So in in support, without Australia playing, um, in support of uh, State of Origin, you could have, you know, Samoa and Tonga, you could have uh, a New Zealand and England, you could have a French side, if that may be. You could have a women's uh, origin as well. Um, and then on the third week, you could have um, origin again on the Sunday. Um, again, a, a, a rugby league free weekend other than rep games, um, which could be a PNG and news. You know, you, you know what I'm saying. Yep. Um, and I think that would then be, it'd be a two-week break from regular club rugby league, which would give teams a chance to freshen up um, any little niggling injuries and whatnot. Um, I know the Origin players would be worn out come the end of it. They have played a game every eight days, but I think that that would keep everyone kind of happy. Everyone gets a little mid-year break, right, from their from their teams running yep. around, and the week later they're all back into it again. If the Origin players need to be rested, then they need to be rested after that. Um, that's the way that I think would it'd be the best. Obviously, that's not the way that it's going to happen with the NRL because anything that I think is the best it never is. So um, <laughs> that's the way that I think it should work. But that would stop the, the the mid-season fallout with people going, oh, this is crap, what a crap game. You know, the Origin players aren't playing anyway. I don't want to go and see it. I think that that would be the way that it would work best in my head. Thoughts, Warwick? I don't mind the idea of, of nailing it across three weeks. I think that would be... I don't think the hype train around Origin would suffer greatly. Uh, obviously, it would be a, a more condensed period, but I don't think people would be sick of Origin after three weeks. I think they couldn't get enough of it. Uh, so I think that's got its, its that in that sort of camp. Uh, as far as I'm aware in regards to what is happening next year, uh, we will get Game 2 being a standalone weekend, and that will coincide with a rep round and a lot of extra games. There will not be to my knowledge, the multiple Pacific Test weekends, which I had believed was originally planned. I think there's only one. I think England's coming out and New Zealand will be involved and the rest of it. So what it'll be is you'll play game one on a Wednesday, then there'll be three weeks leading into a weekend of no NRL. Game two we played that weekend. And the reason I think that is the system is that I think next year we go back to Melbourne for the 2018 origin. And then in 2019, we go to Perth. So yeah. that is what that, that weekend is um, standalone uh, to, to hype up it even more, which I'm fine with. And then game three is a Wednesday leading into a, referen- uh, a NRL round again. So we haven't fixed the problem. Uh, we may have made this middle of the series weekend uh, a bigger event, which I don't mind. But I, I think... 
I think you're right in regards to narrowing the, um, the period of time for Origin is, is the ideal way of doing it. It won't happen because it just won't happen. But the, as, I, as I sort of go back to the initial sort of points we made, what I struggle with is that for this sort of six-week period, club football simply does not matter. And, and to put a, a real emphasis on that, uh, look, I would look at the games on Sunday we just had. Uh, there was a lovely Sunday afternoon in, Ju- in July, or the 2nd of July or 1st of July. Beautiful day for football. Uh, we had a game in Newcastle between the teams coming 15th and 16th. And we had a uh, game between the team coming 9th and 11th, I think it was, uh, at ANZ. Uh, it was the Tigers travelling up to Newcastle to play the Knights. And it was the South Sydney Rabbitohs, who were based at ANZ, playing the Penrith Panthers, who were just up the road. I put a question out on Twitter before both games, and I said, fascinating NRL Sunday crowd battle coming up. you got the Knights and the Tigers in Newcastle versus the South, South and Penrith at ANZ. Who you got? Who do you reckon won, Foxman? As far as crowd goes? Pure crowd numbers. Newcastle would have won. Newcastle won by 5,400. Yeah. 20,000 people turned up to see the Knights play the Tigers. Yeah. Yet ANZ attracted 14,000 to a team that no. plays out of ANZ for the last five years. And the mate, team mate no one wants to go there. No one wants to go there. It's, it's a ghost town. I, I, but this is, my, this, is the, this is the crux of my issue, mm. is that, look, and, and you've hit the nail on the head in regards to how I think Sydney fans, until it gets literally the pointy end of the season, I mean the really pointy end of the season, I'm talking semifinals, I'm not even talking last few weeks of the season, or maybe the first two weeks of the year, mm. no one wants to go these areas south panthers should have got at least twenty thousand, if it was the match of the round so to speak yeah it was just another throw in you know teams of origin get named the next day i'm not saying i've got the answers here what i'm saying is that you you basically need to shut down if you want those crowds to go up in sydney you shut down that whole origin period for origin yeah you can't have games played around it because league fans in sydney just will go no well why would i bother I can sit, as you say, I can sit down and watch it. I've got no impetus. And look, reducing games, I don't think, is the answer. Reducing teams certainly isn't the answer. Um, shortening that origin period can get us along the way to fixing that. Yeah. It won't fix everything, but I think it it also lets us reduce the season potentially as well. But then that that cocksmith opens up another can of worms, and we can't spend too much more time on it. But yeah. effectively. If there are um, less games, there's less money, and not only teams, yeah. not only players just blow up, but teams blow up as well. Yeah, so, look, anyway. I, I don't think they can play less games. I think it just can be done a little smarter. And and here's going back a few episodes ago, mate. We talked about teams taking taking games on the road, taking games to to parks or to to Mount Isa or to wherever. Now now's the perfect time. If you must play yep. a six week Origin window, which I think is stupid, mate. Like I just said to you before, my idea, and I'm not saying I'm Mr. Perfect here, but my idea are origin games are eight-day preparations, okay? You 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 have an eight-day preparation for your first one, so the, the, the team, you know, like I described before, I think that's a perfect scenario. It condenses it down into three weeks. Clubs don't miss out on their games. The season actually gets extended by two weeks. Now, whether that means they start it two weeks early, or they, well, they have to because they wouldn't end it any later than they do, but... So the same amount of games happen. I think that's the perfect plan. If not, then now's the time in this six-week window to start taking games like Penrith did the other week to Bathurst, um, to start taking games to, to, to areas that don't normally see rugby league and let 100%. them see it. 
and and get fifteen thousand to a to a suburban or, or to you know a, a rural ground and let them enjoy it. Um, that that is what they should be doing, but they're not. Okay, um, yep. and uh, I don't know why. I, I have no idea what goes on at the NRL. I, well, it's it's essentially as I think we talked about in that area. It's clubs have contracts with grounds. And getting out of those contracts where they promise X amount of games is, is quite difficult. Uh, something to leave you with on this point, Cocksmith. Central well, Coast Stadium sold out for the Roosters yep. and the Sharks. Yep. Fantastic. Um, that game played at Sydney on the same day. If it gets 10,000 at the SFS, it's doing extremely well. Yep. And then Adelaide had 20-something thousand for the Roosters up against the uh, a depleted uh, Storm. Melbourne both Storm. games. And both games were taken by the Roosters. So credit to the Roosters for doing that. Mm. Um but then, as I said, you know, why stop there? Anyway, we're going to wrap up the show, mate, so we'll come back and talk about some reviews after the break. Throw me a freaking bone here. I'm the boss. Need the info. Not the footy show. show. Okay, it is the last, last, last segment here on the footy show. It's time for iTunes reviews, so cue the music. Uh, we have, obviously, the one earlier in the show from uh, Skipper Ross, Mr. Greg Porteous, Mitchell Moses. who was uh, doing his best Mitchell Moses impersonation. And also we have a review from Darth Wales. It's now, he's the very definition of a long time, not the footage show listener. Andrew Wales has finally jumped on and actually give us a review. So thanks for that, Andrew. I don't know where it's been for the last six or seven years since we started. He says, Sharks forever, five stars. He says, loving the show, guys. Uh, I'm a Sharks fan and I'm looking forward to next week. Now this shows you how long it's been between shows for us because in brackets, he's got lookout roosters. You're right about that, Andrew. Uh, he says, I am missing the DC talk. Where is he? Mm. Love the banter and enjoying the show each time. Andrew. Well, Cocksmith, you're the one that has effectively kicked DC uh, out of the uh, oh, mate, No, the it equation. wasn't me. I didn't do that. I think, I think and there's another guy in Brisbane called uh, <clears throat> Matty Duncan who's just like still sitting by the phone waiting for my phone call. Yeah. Um, I don't know what's happened to Mac Nick and Ernie, but uh, that man, you know, when he had a kid and, and life took over. I understand that. Yeah. Uh, but Mr. DC, he would love to be back on the show, mate. But um, it just seems like he's been, um, well, I don't say those words, but something blocked. Oh, no, no, no. Get him back, I say. Oh, mate, I, I, why don't we do a three-way? Why don't we have a three-way? Are you allowed to say that? Well, we are now. Uh, as long as your recording software can actually um, handle the, the extra mate, if we Mate, if we can hook it up on Skype, um, if we can get a little three-way going on Skype, or some other internet site, we can uh, we can record it. Not a problem in the world. Well, there you go. DC Talk will be back in the near future. We will also talk to our man, uh, Matty Duncan, up there in Queensland. Uh, hopefully, after New South Wales, we're not reaching three. a four-way? <laughs> Mate, <laughs> nothing's going to stop us now. Yeah. Uh, if you've got any iTunes reviews, head over to iTunes. Uh, or otherwise, you can follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash NRL podcast. I'm at NRL. Get that everybody. I'm at NRL tweet, and Cocksmith is at Rob Cox, R O W C O X on Instagram and Twitter. Um, yeah, that's where I'm at. <laughs> Very good. Uh, we are going to wrap up the show uh, because we've been going for a good hour now. Yep. Um, but I did want to quickly. Just quickly, Coxmith, I know you love this part of the show. Mm. Go through our awards because it's been a couple of weeks since we've done them. Mm. Uh, Alex Johnson's five tries, mate. Yep. It put him up, out in the lead for the Golden Irvine. He's yep. got 15. Yep. Rapana, Vindabatu, and Adokar on 14. The Golden Beaver, which is the top try scorer. Cohen Hess still leads. But Angus Crichton has seven now, so he's oh, yeah. chasing him he's, down. He's hunting with... some beaver, mate. 
one with Felice Capuzzi. Uh, the Golden Bird, which is the top try scorer in a single game. Johnston now leads that. Yeah. He's taken over with five from Rodrigo. No, and no one will get him this year. That's the winner. No one get him. Chicken dinner. Uh, now, the Golden Brown, which is the top point scorer in a single game, which is my favourite name of the lot. Um, I've actually done the research now, thanks to the stats.league website, actually, which has this information. Uh, Gareth Widdop, back in round one, had 22 points. From a game? Against the Panthers in that one game. So round one, he had 22 when the uh, Dragons announced themselves as yet another year of disappointing their fans. I, uh, I know, hold on. I know you said before what the Beaver is. What is it again? Golden Beaver's top try scorer from forwards. For the year? For the year. Okay. So if, if we get a goal-kicking forward, we could have a brown beaver. <laughs> uh, the Golden Darrell is the top point scorer. Uh, that is Michael Gordon leading with 128, Nathan Cleary 126, and Clinton Gutherson 124. We have had a change in the Golden El Masri, which was the best goal-kicking percentage with a minimum of 30 goals. Nathan Cleary is now top with 91%, Adam Reynolds 89%, James Maloney 85%, and Jonathan Thurston, because he will not play any more football in 2017, is stuck on 86% from 26 goals. Cocksmith, I think we got there. Yep, yep, we've given the Beavers and the Burgers and the, the Bald Eagles and whatever else. We're, I've been chomping at the bit to get to this bit, so thankfully we've got that done. Awesome. <laughs> um, I need your tip for Origin 3, buddy. Oh, mate, look, um, I'm going to go out on a limb again and say New South Wales, but uh, look, and I know that, you know, this is a massive asterisk next to this. New South Wales, if they play for the whole 80. New South Wales, if they stick to the game plan and go for the whole 80 and don't turn it up if they get 18 or 20 in front, they'll win, they'll win. But um, they need to play for the whole time, mate. Other than that, um, new, uh, what are they called? Queensland will do a number on them. That's just the way it's going to work. Yep, I think New South Wales win, and I think they just have to win by one. That's all that's got to happen. What I desperately uh, don't want to see is Queensland win again because this series has just, it's it seemed like a, a change. It, it seemed like the winds have, have blown and the uh, the Queensland ship, which has been just near on unsink, unsinkable for decades, has finally got some holes in it. So mm. New South Wales, stand up, make yourself uh, count, and um, look, this is the perfect chance to start your own little run of one in a row because that's let's be honest that's all we want as a new south wales fan is one in a row yep. as we leave you here on not the footy show i have some earworming to do um and it's a bit of a comment cocksmith and, and i haven't told you about it yet but i am really struggling with the uh the color guys on fox sports at the moment um yep. it seems like every single time that the likes of Brayton Astor and Mark Gaznier and Corey Parker jump on the um, the telecast to do the uh, colour commentary. They have to refer to themselves and what they said earlier in the broadcast or in the pre-broadcast. I've got some audio. I'll play it at the end of the show. But I just challenge everybody out there not to be utterly annoyed beyond belief by those three guys all the time referring to a point they have made earlier. They will say, and I quote, as I mentioned before, blah, 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 blah. As I mentioned before, blah, 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 blah. As we spoke about before, blah, 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 blah. It is an absolute epidemic. It is killing my eardrums. I can't stand it. Boys, just make a fresh point. I don't care if you said it earlier. Stop referring to the fact you spoke about it before. It is sending me insane. 
And finally, Mark Gaznia, if you keep saying and again, and again, and again, and again, and again, it, 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 dude, seriously, be better. That's all I'll say. I'll wrap it up here. I'll be Warwick Nicholson. And again, as mentioned before, I'm Rob Cox. <laughs> Perfect, Robster. We'll talk to you next time. Uh, good luck getting this out of your head, everybody. It just keeps happening again and again and again and again. Maguama taking out of play. Didn't get an opportunity to compete for the football. But it's again, Newcastle's right edge. Really coming under all sorts of pressure. Wardle, Beanie. I spoke about it earlier. Whilst it limits go forward when you put the bigger defenders in around the edge. There's Naguama taken out. But it's again, I spoke about it earlier. 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 Not the show. Pepsi.